The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Scott Wapner with Jim Cramer. David's on assignment this morning. Carl has the morning off. Let's take a look at futures because it looks like we are going to open higher this morning. S&P would open higher by about 63. The Dow more than 400 point gain off the open this morning and the Nasdaq about 250 points. Our roadmap this morning starts with a really good consumer checkup. Walmart with a big earnings miss amidst higher costs and supply chain slowdowns while Home Depot boosts its outlook. Plus, Musk's bot battle throwing the fate of his Twitter deal in doubt over possible fake accounts and shares of City popping Warren Buffett revealing a near $3 billion stake in that bank. We do begin with the markets along with today's results from Home Depot and Walmart. We, we really need to start, Jim, with, with Walmart. It's good to be with you. Um, you were a fire-breathing dragon this morning on Squawk Box about Walmart. Um, well, I haven't seen you this... puff the lack of I, I, I haven't seen you this upset about well, earnings, particularly around Walmart. By the way, this is going to be the second well, biggest gap down on earnings since well, 2001. I mean, you know, you got to execute. Look, the problems that are affecting Walmart are affecting everybody. But Walmart seems to uniquely not been able to handle it. Uh, Walmart's a big company, so you could argue, look, they don't have the managerial talent that's needed. Uh, this should have been their quarter. It's a great quarter for companies that are, uh, after a stimulus is over, you go to Walmart. Uh, I shop at Walmart all the time. Uh, I think that the stores have had a lack of, of inventory of late, but there is... Uh, there's a sense of ennui here and a sense of, I don't know, does it really matter? We put out good numbers. Ennui. You, ennui. You think they should have pre-announced. I, I, I heard you well, say well, that Well, I just think that earlier. when it was at 159, uh, when it was at 160 a couple weeks ago, it would have been good to come out and say, look, you know, our stock's great, but we are having some problems. Uh, now, there are, there, there are legal issues. If you have more than a 5% differential between what people are looking for and what you're going to get. Historically, that's a good level to be able to come out and say, you know what, um, I know things look good, uh, but underneath things are fine. But you know, but look, they, they can always claim, hey, we raised this, we raised that. There's always some number you can claim that you did better than. But the fact is, is that if I worked at Walmart today, I'd be embarrassed. I would say, geez, that we didn't do very well. But how, but how much of this, I mean, it sounds like you're putting a, a fair amount of the blame on execution yes. rather than on a fast-changing environment, right? Inflation's tough, food no, prices, energy prices. It's fast-changing environment for everyone. But it's fast-changing environment for Home Depot. But they pulled it off. But maybe the, maybe the customer is a little more price-sensitive at Walmart versus Home Depot, no? These are businesses. Kroger's a business. Rodney McMullen, a lot of people felt, was over his head at one point. Rodney McMullen has done a series of very good quarters. I think that Albertsons got, of course, and you say, well, they're too small, Jim, it's not fair. 
Now, my chapel trust sold a lot of this. The fact that I, that I didn't sell all of it is a black mark on me because I trusted these people. But they, um, the, the building our flywheel, the flywheel, I, I don't know. That inventory number is certainly not flywheel. Uh, the, when, you're, when you're a merchant and you don't have the right merchandise, which I think they don't have, and when you're out of touch with the consumer, which I think they are, uh, and when you deliver such poor numbers versus expectations, here's what you should say. Nothing, because you don't deserve to. I mean, that's a pretty scathing indict- indictment of to continue the What am I, a sweet they're, person? Did I impress you as someone sweet they're when you screw up? I mean, you put the ball in the hand of the quarterback, you expect him not to throw a bunch of picks. Here's what Doug McMillan, uh, the Walmart CEO, said in the release. Um, you say he should have said nothing. He said, bottom line results were unexpected and reflect the unusual environment. U.S. inflation levels, particularly in food and fuel, created more pressure on margin mix and operating costs than we expected. That's uh, Doug McMillan. So so Richard Galanti will speak for Costco. And here's what he's going to say. We navigated a difficult situation effectively, and we had the best stores, best store numbers we've had in a long time. Uh, We executed well, and we are uh, proud but not proud enough. We We can do better. That's Rich Galanti from Costco. I just wrote his script. That's what he will say. You know why? Because he's better than they are. That's why he's better. Well, speaking of better, Depot, beat and raise. I think that was, it, that was one of your keys going in. I saw you talking about that saying, you know, if you look at Home Depot, you were waiting on those numbers. Going to well, be a good read on, on the consumer, on housing, on just the overall environment. I had a feeling this guy, Ted Decker, is a deliverer. He's terrific. Craig Benier was always a, you know, never explain, never complain guy. Uh, uh, not like Frank Blake, who, who, who was a little bit more effusive. But I, I like this Ted De- Decker. I, this stock has been going down, down, down. So, so now people say, well, wait a second, Jim. That's pro-consumer. He had the right merchandise. He had it at the right price. He made a lot of money for shareholders. I think that's part of the desire that executives should have. Fewer trans they had 8.2% fewer transactions, but people spent more when, when they were at Depot. Comps were How up to two, two. Estimates were for down three. How great is that? that? That means that you went there and you found a lot more things that you liked and you bought them. Now, I'll be there this weekend. I'll be at my Home Depot getting my flats. And I used to joke around with Frank Blake, the previous CEO, that uh, I've got to worry about Marvin. I'm, uh, you know, Lowe's is across the street. I have to go check their flats, too, because Marvin Ellison's terrific. But, <laughs> you, you, know, Mar- Marvin. but you know, Marvin Ellison is a guy, he tolerates nothing, okay? Like, I told Marvin, I said, listen, I went to one in Quakertown, and I said, I need to plan at 6 a.m. Stores open at 8. The guy said, I'll be here. Next week, the guy's like, you know, they, they call this, Marvin calls the store. I, said, I told Marvin that there was a parking lot that was incredibly dirty that my wife was worry, worried about. When she crossed through it. You think that parking lot wasn't, okay, so ooh, Jim Cramer Street, CNBC at that point. No, <laughs> Marvin Ellison cares about execution. Now, will Walmart make it up? Can they make it up? I don't know. It's at 138 forever. It sounds to me like you're ready to bench the QB. I think that this is one of those horses that was a favorite that you can't bet on. You just don't bet on these guys. I just wonder what the environment, you know, how these CEOs, you know, as, as bad of a job, and I, I think that's what you're saying, as bad of a job that McMillan has done in the quarter. Uh, look, it's, it's okay. I mean, 
look, we have co- we have to stick to sports segments. You and I know sports. There will be situations. The 76ers have James Hart, okay? He's a well-known guy. Joel Embiid, great player, basically says Harden didn't do a good job. We sit there and say, how outrageous is that that Joel Embiid criticizes him? No, we say, shoot, man, someone in the game just said that Harden dogged it. This is a dogged it quarter. They don't know what they're doing. They got to rethink. They got to re. It's okay. It's okay to criticize. It's business. I just, in some respects, w- want your perspective on how fast the environment is changing, how fast it might change. But, but you don't understand. These are people who are paid fortunes to know. They're paid fortunes to know how this works. The average working person is making X at Walmart. These people are paid fortunes to get it right, to have the right merchandise, to be able to handle online terrifically, to be able to make it so that the execution is such that when they go to the store, people go to the store and they buy even more. That's okay. It's okay to criticize. Look, you want me to be like this? You know, geez, I don't think they did as well. Hey, I'm not. My, I'm not in any way. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be critical a, at all. I, I'm just thinking about what what an environment looks like now and what it may look like depending on what the Fed does and, and when it does it. Bullard is is on the tape uh, this morning with some headlines. Tighter policy outlook already in markets. I had Mark Lazary of Avenue on overtime yesterday and talked about uh, how things can turn on a dime. Let's okay. listen to what okay. Lazary said. We can all talk right. on the other all side. Right. All right, here's Lazary. I think the economy is strong. I, I, I think it is, but you're, fra- you're fragile. You're strong, and all of a sudden things can turn on a dime. So I don't think you want to go to the point where all of a sudden you've pushed things too, too much. And I think the Fed is very cognizant of what's going on. Um, so, yeah, maybe you have one or two more increases, but you don't want to have the markets down like 25, 30 percent. Delicate balancing act, right? Things can turn on a dime. That's the headline from Laz. What do you think? Okay, so we invest in CEOs who know how to turn on a dime, or CFOs. When you go listen to Richard Glanty uh, at Costco, he doesn't care about the environment. He cares about his execution in the environment. And he will be critical of himself. They opened a store in Shanghai. It sold out in two hours. He said, that's it. We're closing the store. We didn't do a good job. We're going to wait, and it took a long time to figure it out. I'm saying that Costco says we welcome this because this is when we shine. You know, when everybody's doing well, it doesn't mean anything. Now, Costco's a gigantic, we got $219 billion company. They're big. And when they say that they screwed up, of which periodically, of which I can't recall any time, that they screwed up, you know what they say? They say we screwed up. We didn't do this right. We had the wrong merchandise. They don't say, you know what, the times are difficult and we're not sure exactly what to do. Jeez, maybe we have too much inventory. Is that it? is not the way they play. By the way, Brian Cornell doesn't either. Brian Cornell can be so difficult on himself that I cringe how difficult he can be. Cringe. Because you suggest that it's you know, a pure execution issue, the market itself isn't hanging on what Walmart didn't do. It's more focused on where we've been in, in the marketplace, right? If this was, a, if this was an issue beyond execution uh, by McMillan and, and team, maybe the market would have a different reaction. This is Walmart's down, Home Depot's up, and the market's going to be up quite nicely as well, trying to figure out if we're getting this 
bear market bounce or not, Look, or if it has any kind of staying three power. Weeks, we want a bear market bounce? Three weeks ago, Walmart was at 160. There's your bear market bounce. 160. Now it's at 138. Never go bowling. There's big difference gutter, between 160. balls. Big difference between 160 and 138. Uh, no, look, I, Home Depot, right look, down I'll the tell middle. You, Doug McMillan's a nice guy. Did he underhand it in the gutter? No, he had bumpers. <laughs> All right, coming up, we're going to go whale watching, including a look at the names Warren Buffett and David Tepper are buying and selling. Let's take a look, another look at futures as well. Markets are going to react to Home Depot and Walmart, of course individually for those stocks. The markets yeah, had open people, higher. They executed great. Those guys did great. Talk about a tough environment. Housing, we, housing's off a cliff and they did great. There's the Dow, good for about Paints 420 off the they open. They did great, they passed it on. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rich Santelli here live at CME HQ awaiting breaking news. Our ape read on industrial production and capacity utilization. What's noteworthy here is capacity utilization last month was 78.3. That actually is the highest utilization rate going back to January of 2019. And here we go. Industrial production up double plus what we expected, up 1.1%. And that capacity utilization we just discussed Zoom, 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 up to 79.0, which means to find a higher number, you have to go back to 2008. 2008, as a matter of fact, the last time it was at 80% utilization rate was also 2008, so we're getting very close. Interest rates are up a bit today. Maybe that's because there's a lot of green and pre-opening stocks. Squawk on the street will return after these messages. 
Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Twitter shares falling in the pre-market. Elon Musk says his $44 billion deal to acquire the company cannot move forward until he receives clarity about the number of bots on the platform. Earlier this morning, Musk tweeting, quote, 20% fake spam accounts while four times what Twitter claims could be much higher. My offer was based on Twitter's SEC filings being accurate. Yesterday, Twitter's CEO publicly refused to show proof of less than 5%. This deal cannot move forward until he does. Meantime, Twitter saying today it is, quote, committed to completing the transaction on the agreed price of $54.20 per share in cash. So um, as the world turns, uh, this story takes yet another uh, dramatic turn. Jim, between the poop emojis on Twitter and everything else, wh- what do we make of this now? All right, there's a guy, Ned Siegel. I've known Ned for a long time. He's a CFO. Uh, I know him as impeccably honest. I'd like him to do the audit. He's been there for a while. If he says that it's a certain number, I trust him. Now, why isn't he involved? Why doesn't, I mean, is he too down in the weeds? He's a CFO. Uh, look, Musk wants to t- torture this board, and he clearly enjoys that, which is fine. I mean, he's I mean, not something I've wanted. Well, I don't know, maybe. Could be fun. But he likes it, and he's torturing them. He's saying a lot of, he doesn't even care about his position at this point. But there is a man, Ned Siegel, who will do this for him. And he will sit down and he will give the right numbers to Musk. So why doesn't Musk says, let's have the CFO reach a determination. He should look at the credentials of the CFO, of Ned, and recognize that Ned's been honest the whole way and has been critical when it has to be critical. And say, Ned, tell us what it is. Well, why? let me me throw it back at you. Why is the onus on Ed? Ned. Ned, excuse me. Ned, obviously. To do that... um, Musk had the opportunity to do a bunch of due diligence on this. Did he, did he do that? Well, I, look, the onus is, I'm just saying if you're going to be like Musk and just say, listen, I need to know, well, let's go to the guy who knows. I mean, or he says Ned should resign because Ned's a liar, which is not true. Ned is not a liar. Well, you can't lie to the SEC. I mean, they, they had the filings. Are they not to be believed? Well, no. Well, it, it's, they have the file. Not everybody. You can tell the SEC a difference of opinion internally of what it really is. But I'm saying that Ned, that Ned Siegel right now is the guy who should be front and center being brought on, calling us right now and saying our numbers are honest numbers. And he's not telling the truth. And Ned has that ability. And he knows the real numbers. I've gone over real numbers with Ned repeatedly. And I feel that Ned has a handle on it better than the CEO. Well, you're, you're assuming that this is legitimately about those numbers versus the other number. 
the number that how matters much, more. How much he's going to pay? Well, don't you think that's what this is about to begin with? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, look, obviously he doesn't want to overpay, but I think that the idea was he had this great vision, okay? Well, if he had a great vision, who cares about all the phony bots? I mean, the idea is, is that you, cl- you make the company private, you get rid of all the people that you don't, that you think are scum and liars, uh, you, but he wants... I love the fact he does want free speech. I think that's great. But you have to reinvent the company. So what do you care? I mean, do you really think you're going to try to, you're going to piss these people off anyway? He wants to reinvent the company in a different way. He should not worry that these people are not real. But if he really does say it, he should say, can I speak to the person at Twitter who handles this? And it's Ned Siegel. And Ned is a legitimate guy. He's been there for a long time. And Ned will say, let's sit down. But is, is Ned too small? Is he just nothing? This looks like it's headed to a courtroom in Delaware, ultimately. Well, I think it? it should, but, you know, everything's, I mean, a, not as easy. everything's point, a kangaroo court with Musk. But the point is, it's not so easy. You just can't say, well, I, I don't want the deal anymore. Here's a billion-dollar breakup fee. Wipe my hands and, and, and walk off into the well, sunset. he hasn't completely humiliated everyone. He hasn't directly called up Brett Taylor as an idiot, by the way, who's not. He's co-CEO of Salesforce. Right, but party. there's a contract. Contract in place, right? That's why Twitter had the filing today that said we expect the deal to close at the terms we we agreed to. Yeah, well, you can go and go to the Delaware court and maybe get a ruling, but I'm just saying that if you're really worried, if Musk is worried about the actual number and not trying to weasel out, let's go to the keeper of the numbers. He's like this scorekeeper, you know. He's like errors and stuff. But I do think that that Musk wants a cheaper price. But what I really think Musk wants to do is mortify, embarrass, make people feel terrible, and have the time of his life. I, I've never. There was pure red played it that way, and uh, I'm not just. I'm not disagreeing was, with you in, in any way. I just way, said, look, this form. is the way it's going to be. It's my way or the highway. But it's his way or ninety. You know, I ninety five, or whatever they got two ninety five, which I had to cross once to get to Facebook, or whatever this road. My way or the highway, right down the turnpike into Delaware. Yes. But look, will they go to Delaware ultimately to get the price? Brett should do that. I think Brett should come out, the chairman, and just say, okay, listen, this charade is over. Put up or shut up. That's what Brett should do. And and if you want the real numbers, they should go to Ned. Ned, will you? Ned, don't call me Ed. Just call him. I'm sorry for calling him Ed. If I called him Ed, maybe he'd call him. Just call him. All right, up next is Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Take a look at futures. We're going to open higher across the board. We'll see if Jim gets through with Ned. Gets through to Ned. We're back. Squawk on the street after this. It's time now for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell this morning. What are you watching? You know, there's a downgrade today of a company called Molson Coors, and it's by Bernstein. They're taking a victory lap. The stock is up very big versus the S&P. I'm urging people to not sell the stock. I, I think that Gavin Hattersley is doing an amazing job. They've had no growth for years. They suddenly have jo- uh, real growth. They, they've got a drink called Simply. It's coming out with Coca-Cola. That is going to be the summer drink. They also have uh, ranch water that's very good. Uh, these are uh, uh, their beers themselves, Miller. Genuine draft is doing well. Miller High Life is doing well. So I think they have some great overseas beers. Please do not sell this. These guys are real 
They're growing. They haven't grown in five years, and it is a remarkable company. And I was surprised that Bernstein took it off. What about, I mean, input costs are an issue, right? Yeah, input costs, are, they like do that. face aluminum prices that are higher. But they've adjusted. They've been able to put through uh, price increases. They are a very dynamic company that people are thinking is the old sleeping company. This simply, uh, which my staff is crazed about, uh, is is very good. But Gavin is a different kind of beer man. He is a beer man. But they have good product. They've got good growth, good distribution. It's too early to get off so, the tap So this train. is about having, I'm looking at this versus Walmart. It's about having the right product mix and being the right executor um, to deal with the, the environment. Yes. Right? Input and costs are up for everybody. Yes. I mean, they knew the costs are going to be up. They, they did planning. They figured it out. Uh, they know that they've got the right alcohol. They know that they've made, created all these different brews that are in the right places at the right time. And, you know, yes, yes, this is positive. This is good execution. And it, and it, Molson Coors has not historically had good execution until Gavin came in. And Gavin is doing a remarkable job. And I think that people should, I'm afraid people are going to look at this downgrade and take a victory lap and sell it when I think this could be a multi-year move by these guys. That's how good they are. I mean, the stock is only five bucks off of its 52-week high. This is a good chance to buy it right here. I would buy it. The depletions are good. Uh, you got this summer drink. We're going to be two weeks away from everyone drinking simply. I have to tell you, um, it is their time. And to downgrade the market perform, I totally get it. Too early. Too early. They're, uh, they're starting to clap on what is going to be a green open uh, here uh, for the markets this morning. S&P 500 looks higher by about 64 points heading to the opening bells, which uh, you're going to hear in, uh, in just a moment. Dow's going to open nicely higher as well, Four, 450 or so. There are the bells of CNBC Real-Time Exchange here at the big board. It's Planet Fitness kicking off its high school summer pass initiative at the NASDAQ Franchise Group, the owner and operator of Pet Supplies, plus uh, the Vitamin Shop and Sylvan Learning as well. As I said, we, we, um, we're going to hire open. Uh, we've been waiting to see if we're going to get this bear bounce, if, uh, if that's what you want to call bear it. Bounce. I'm looking at Home Depot. So you're Mike, you're Mike, you're, you're Mike Wilson. Huh? Well, I mean, what do you think? It's the start like of a new Mike. bull market? I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. But most, Even the people who think that it's going to bounce no, I think said that it's going night. back lower, like Mike I, Wilson, I said last night the aforementioned like, one. Yeah, well, look, I mean, there's nothing really great happening. I mean, was Putin assassinated? Did she decide to steal the Pfizer Moderna drug and fix that? I mean, um, did Jay Powell declare victory on inflation? I mean, give me something. Tell me something good. You know what I mean? Uh, and good is Home Depot, uh, but bad good is Depot. Walmart. I said that, um, Jim, Walmart was going to have its a second worst gap down on earnings uh, since like 2001. The stock's down 8%. So that's going to be uh, obviously. Well, I don't a, know why they didn't pre-announce. I'm sure there. they said, "Listen, we didn't need to pre-announce because, look, I, I want They're out of style. I want companies going forward who are in Walmart situation to issue release so that you may not see. If you were buying it at 159, maybe you would have not bought it and lost so much money. But would you not buy it at 135, thinking that they'll fix it? I debated this. I'll talk about this with Chef Marks after. Uh, I need to see a, a mea culpa. I need to see them sh- uh, show more humility about how they really blew this. Maybe in the conference call that I'm not listening to, they I'm the, I'll give you, you know what? Here's a highlight from the conference call because it feels like they continue to 
I don't know if blame's the right word, but there's, obviously McMillan's talking about inflation. Here's what he said on the call, which is hitting the wires now. We're seeing, this is a quote, we're seeing double-digit food inflation. I'm concerned that inflation may continue to increase. Uh, the rate of inflation, this from uh, some of the executives who added to the conversation there, the rate of uh, inflation in food pulled more dollars away from general merchandise than we expected as customers uh, need to pay for the inflation in food. So again, I mean, this is a blame on inflation. All right, so Kroger did not have that language. And Costco did not have that language. Maybe Brian Cornell tomorrow will target. But look, Costco is handling this moment very, very well. They've been, they've been having phenomenal numbers. Uh, Kroger, much to my surprise, had very, very good numbers. These are numbers which just say we basically didn't see it coming or we couldn't predict it or you know, maybe we wanted to pass it on and save the consumer. I don't know. But when a stock's down this much, like I had a guy on, I'm not going to mention the company, but the stock was down 45% of the day. And I basically held his feet to the fire. Why? Because people lost a fortune. I think I remember the company. Was it Upstart? Very good memory. Uh, <laughs> pe- I, see, I pay attention to you, when, man. When people lose money, our viewers lose money, okay, they deserve an answer about what happened. And if it means that we are going to break a few eggs, that's fine. I don't need anybody's interview at this point in my life. What I need is to provide answers to people at home who lost a lot of money. They need to know. There was a football coach who was in this this stock that you mentioned, and a pro guy, and it's a guy that you and I both respect. Okay. And he said, you know, that's what should happen down 45%. That's what should happen. That's what happens in the bigs. Right. You don't just say, oh, down 40, let's see what went wrong. No, you, we must hold people's feet to the fire. By the way, the, the amount of money these people make, it, it, it's, it, it's quite a bit. Maybe that's why the investors rejected the compensation packages for top executives at Intel. Because Gelsinger, what did he make? Like $178 million or $187 million? Don't you make me laugh. I'm in a very serious remember. mode here. But again, don't it's you like, make okay. me laugh. But it's the same don't. story. Like, stock does bad. Person at the top does amazing. America is done with this. America is done with this. We must, you know, both the left and the right agree with almost nothing other than how horrible Putin is and how overpaid CEOs are, who, the ones who do a bad job. Now, if you got a CEO who does a great job, I, I say, hey, listen, the more the merrier. But uh, CEOs, who, CEOs who miss, who, I mean, Gelsinger, look at it. I, man, I've slagged that guy so much. I, I don't even feel like slagging him anymore. So let me ask you a couple things. Sure. We're, we're, as we look at the, the market, which is having a, a nice open, we said S&P is up one and a half percent here. It's very nice. Did you see how negative people were or are still from Bank of America's fund manager survey. I'm going to give you some bullet points here and get your reaction to it. I mean, the headline is that they're extremely bearish. Highest cash since 9-11, biggest tech short since August of 06, the biggest equity underweight since May of 20. Well, if that doesn't tell you where sentiment is right now, I don't know what But, does. okay, so, uh, I, and I'm not in that camp. My chat was just a lot of these semis that are popping today. But if there is no business being done in Shanghai and Beijing, 
that every semiconductor company will miss their numbers very badly. And Apple will miss its numbers. So, I mean, we got to deal with that. I mean, it's legit. The negativity to me seems out of whack versus how much the stocks. I have Strauss Zelnick on tonight. Take two. going from 200 down to 100. They had a monster good quarter and not even getting the benefit of, Z- of uh, Zinnia yet. The guidance was a little weaker, though, right? Uh, I don't know. No. I mean, I could argue that the guidance wasn't. That's Strauss's way. He doesn't, he's not very non-promotional. Uh, they, they do tend to be conservative in their guidance. They're very a conservative. A good point you make. They're very conservative. But, well, okay, so how, let's take a look. Let's see what Leon Tapalian's doing. Let's see what Nucor's doing when they bought that. They bought, I'm sorry. To, like, That's okay, do, do it. Nucor's up uh, half percent. It's 120 bucks. Uh, I mean, you know, they bought this overhead garage door company, and a lot of it's really for a warehouse. And, and I, you know, I was discussing with him the, the nature of them being at four times earnings. That's just not sustainable. They have to take action. And they did this. A lot of people thought they paid too much. But, you know, this is a company that's beaten down, like, by these guys. It, you know, guys just give up. I had a firm one, Max Levchin. He, he had a great quarter and very few bad loans. AAA security of his loan. Yeah. And, he, you know, he was saying, well, you know, what's my stock doing 20? There are a lot of stocks that are down a lot. But people don't, you know, people don't want their money taken away because they buy the wrong stocks. Look at that one. That's down. But speaking of a firm, is that 75 <laughs> percent? Well, it's, yeah, it's down a lot. The, the glasses work close on the reading stuff. They don't work so so no, well on the I mean, the, RH, someone called the it distance. the one yesterday. The <laughs> one. The one. It's like Kobe. I you loved, mentioned, l- Kobe. L- let me ask you this. You mentioned chips, chip stocks. Uh, AMD upgraded today at Piper. Okay, Target so goes to 140 from 80. Lisa Sue blows away the number. Yeah. She says there's going to be tremendous accretion uh, to Xilinx. She is all high-performance high computer, very little gaming. Very little low computer. And people look at the chart and they say, Jim, that looks like Mount Marcy. And when you go to the right, you fall. And I always point out that Mount Marcy is a sloping uh, mountain. You can do okay. But, I mean, the chart, look at the chart. There are so many closet charters in this business that people don't want to touch that. I like Advanced Micro. My travel trust owns it. I know you but like it. my travel it. trust owns Walmart. So, frankly, why would anyone listen to me at this very moment? And the answer is, uh, first, I sold a lot. But second... Because I got had. And sometimes you just get had. Well, the difference is you trust Lisa Sue's execution better than Doug McMillan. Oh I mean, God, well, you yes, can only pick the, you can pick the stocks. Well, At some point, a, they have to execute. That's a no-brainer. But, but let me say this, because the commentary around the upgrade seems to be relevant to perhaps a lot of stocks. Well, it's about how they can't time even, the market. Yeah. And good company on sale, you just got to buy it. Right, right? but they, also not said, it like they misjudged how well she's doing. I mean, there's a lot of stocks like that. Like Microsoft's down a lot. I like that stock. Broadcom came down a lot. That's a good stock. Barclays uh, reiterates Microsoft. But the problem is, is that if we, get, if we get a bad number out of China when it comes to how soft cell phones are, that's going to reverberate. Now would be a better time to buy. So let's talk then. Since we're, I mean, I feel like the theme of the morning in some respects CEOs who are executing versus those who aren't. Stocks do better than those that don't. Absolutely. Now, I want to ask you, well, though. One of the reasons is when you're my partner here, I think you uniquely understand that in other venues in life, when people don't execute well, they get fired. But in this business, they just get paid. Well, more. what if you're dealt a very difficult hand, like a Jane Frazier, for example, at City? She was dealt a 10 and a 6. With the dealer showing king. Okay. So she's, she's, she's dealt a bad hand. Stock's up 5% because Buffett 
has a near $3 billion stake, at least well, according to the most recent filings, which is, are a little backdated, but what nonetheless. What makes you feel is that the tangible book, he's probably, maybe he's inspected the book and says, even though the tangible book is dramatically higher, that it's okay. I worry about what's in the book. I've expressed my displeasure. What's in the book that there could be such a big disparity? And what happened in the fall that they stopped being able to buy back stock? We're not getting answers. Uh, maybe Warren Buffett doesn't care. Maybe Warren Buffett, is, you know, he's a great investor. He did Bank America. That worked. I mean, he looks at a stock that's down a bunch, right? I mean, he he has a knack for striking at the at the right time. Well, now, I mean, sometimes he always he, he gets. I should say well, he always look, he gets uh, good deals. Maybe he understands what's in the. Maybe he's not. He's okay about the disparity between the book, the tangible book, and where the stock is, which I'm not okay. Because if you close the bank, that's like what they have on hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the tangible book spread is the most of any of the large and small banks, which worries me. What do you make of the fact that he totally threw in the towel on Wells? I like Charlie Scharf. Uh, I have a rocky relationship with Charlie Scharf, uh, meaning that it's not necessarily like, hey, chief, how you doing, pal? But I think that Charlie's doing a very good job, but he got a, he got a bad hand. You know, he, he got, I mean, the dealer got a seven, pulled a, you know, and a four, pulled a king. I mean, he has, without a doubt, the worst hand of anybody because there were a huge number of consent degrees and things that we didn't even know about yeah. that he has to, he's working one by one to go through all the things that were not disclosed properly. And it's just very hard for him, but he's going to come out of it. You know, look, Charlie Sharp, when you speak to Charlie, he will tell you after he explains how he feels about what you say, which is... Sounds like you've been uh, on the other end of that. Look, he filleted me, but he used a very sharp knife, which therefore didn't feel as bad, <laughs> and, and basically told me, look, if you knew all the things that were wrong with this bank, you wouldn't be as uh, glib. Mm. And you would understand what hand I got. And he did talk about the hand. And I did feel he was right. This is different from Walmart, which is down a legitimate 12 because they screwed up. Mm -hmm. Charlie did not screw up. He got a bad hand. And he's got to fix one deal after another deal after another deal. Now, the stock was at 60 uh, on the the second week of February in 2018. So it's well behind all the others. I think Charlie will fix it. But Charlie's got a, you know, Charlie's did a great work at Visa. Didn't that do that good at Bank of New York? So since we're talking a little bit about the, the 13 Fs, one that really jumped out to me, just because we made a lot of it when the original news came out that Dan Loeb's third point had taken a position in Disney. Now we find out that uh, from the F that they're out. Um, I bring it up because the trust has been buying some Disney of, yes, of late, I mean, I right? just Adding think that Loeb position. out. Now, Loeb is another testy guy. So I don't want to anger him and say, listen, he'll be mean to me and call me and read me the riot. I don't want to do that. I, I come in peace. I'm like 10 bears in the movie Je- Josie Wales. But I think selling it here is just a big mistake. They have a couple of meetings. I think the meeting's going to go well. I think that they have a lot more than people thought. Yes, the balance sheet's bad because they spent so much money on Fox, and not, they can't take their right off there for various reasons. But they overpaid for Fox dramatically. That was not JPEG's fault. Chapek, uh, I think, has to pivot a little bit away from just this numbers game of how many people do I have for direct consumer, and how about India? No, no, he's got to go back to the to the well, and the well is the theme parks. The well is what we took our kids to over and over because that's magic. 
He has to go back to magic because Netflix has no magic. But if the well, if the well is theme parks, isn't the growth streaming like the multiple that you want to no, pay? No? no, no, the growth. What determines like the multiple? Just a second. Just a second. <laughs> Park in Austin. That's where I just picked. Yeah. Park in Austin. Oh, all right. Okay. I need about eight billion to build it, and after it's done, we'll realize that the magic's back. And we'll look at Netflix and say, what do they have? I'm not going to that darn Squid Games park. What the hell will that be like? I like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, but that other guy, the guy who spent the, the Fox money, I think he got rid of it. Real quick before we go to Pisani, since we're talking about Disney, we're talking about streaming, and let's bring it full circle back to Buffett. Paramount. Uh, he has a big position in Paramount. Uh, little were you surprised? I think that back. I was kind of surprised. I don't know. I don't know. I'll see Jim Stewart's book. I'm going to make some decisions. He's got another one? Oh, yeah, he's got one. Kind of more about some of the Redstone. Paramount Wars? I think it'll be interesting and different. First one was really good. Well, not not as first. I mean, Autumn is first, First but Disney Wars. You know what I meant. Disney Wars was fine. I don't know. I mean, I happen to love Jim so much. I mean, I've known Jim for ages, but I do think that Paramount is doing better. I mean, when when you get with back, there's a lot of good stories there. You know who's really happy hearing the Buffett news is Jim Labenthal, who's been telling me Paramount is good. It's not Netflix. Netflix has its own problems. Don't throw stones at every single streamer because what you got from Netflix. And he's been saying Paramount, Paramount, Paramount. Paramount's very inexpensive. And uh, Justin Dini, who works with Backish, was someone I hired at the street. I like him very much. And I think Paramount deserves to be up. They're doing a lot of things right. I don't know what, you know, gets it even higher. Arkegos, I guess, they're going. Uh, but I think he's doing a good job. All right. Bob Pisani, what do you see this morning? Uh, great start. Walmart's not holding anybody back, Scott. Uh, six to one advancing to declining stocks uh, right now at the New York Stock Exchange, led by metals. Let's take a look at the sectors here. Some very positive news out of China, which is up very strongly uh, overnight from them. So the metals and mining stocks are strong. Banks are strong. Techs are strong. Boy, that's what you need. You get banks and tech. Uh, up strongly. You're doing all right. Energy is okay. Consumer staples lagging, of course, because of Walmart. But a lot of consumer staples are down this morning, not just Walmart. Knock-on effect. I just want to show you some of the metals and mining stocks here because overnight, Shanghai said we've achieved zero COVID status. Quite a remarkable statement. But Freeport's flying. I mean, Freeport's been terrible. It was $50 a month ago, went to 35 and now it's bouncing. The last few days, it's been bouncing. And the aluminum stocks have been bouncing again. Again, this is global. These move on the China news by and large, and they've been moving in the last few days. Even Nucor, which has been terrible recently, bouncing a little bit today. Uh, are we in a bear market rally or not? I don't know, um, but we were 39.30 on Thursday. That was the low, uh, the closing low, uh, and the S&P has bounced back nicely since then. We put up the S&P for the month, and we've had a nice little move to the upside. Uh, I don't know if it's a bear market rally or not, but we're definitely off of the lows, and a lot less anxiety out there. Remember the VIX? At the uh, middle of last week was, oh, 35. It was almost 36. It was approaching that. And we've come all the way back down. We're 26. So definitely lower anxiety levels. No idea if this is a bear market rally or not. A uh, lot's going to depend on the earnings situation. If you think you're pessimistic, did you see the Bank of America survey? These guys are ready to jump off a cliff. I've never seen pessimism levels this high here. Cash levels are the highest since 9-11. I mean, 9-11. Stagflation expectations, the highest since 2008. Expectations for profit growth, extremely low. Uh, Hawkish central banks and global recession are the biggest risk. Believe it or not, Russia-Ukraine conflict is a distant third. 
So these kinds of sentiment readers are useful at extreme levels. These are very extreme levels. And if you believe in these things, you would argue for some kind of at least short-term bottom. As for the Walmart Home Depot thing, I've been calling around asking a lot of people. I mean, Wal Home Depot managed inflation, remodeling strong, raised the guidance. Walmart had a tougher time managing inflation. We saw that with a comment uh, from Doug McMillan. But look at the consumer staple stocks. They're all trading down right now, uh, including some of the grocery stores that compete against Walmart. General Mills trading down. Even Costco is trading down. I don't know what's going on. My sense is Walmart and Home Depot are not exactly the same customer. The customer for Walmart is a lot more price sensitive. That may be part of the problem here. Walmart is going to have a tougher time raising prices potentially uh, than Home Depot. I don't know. We'll get Target tomorrow. Maybe they can thread the needle uh, for us. What I think here is going on, guys, is it's more typical for Walmart than Home Depot because the margins for the S&P are definitely coming down. I track this almost on a weekly basis. We're looking at first quarter uh, earnings margins right now. 12.1% for the S&P 500. Guys, it was 13.4, 13.2, 13.5 and the end of, uh, of, of 2021. I think, Scott, what this is telling us is Walmart may be a little more typical of what cons uh, uh, companies are facing than what's going on at Home Depot. We'll see when we get the final numbers from the rest of the retailers. Yeah. Scott, back to you. Yeah, but as you, as you heard Jim say, it's about how you deal with what you're facing, and that's what separates... Uh, some from others. Uh, Bob Pisani, thanks so much. A reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club. Speaking of, Jim, uh, sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club. You can, of course, just point your phone at the QR code on the screen. Thank you. It'll take you right there. Before the break, it's time for the bond report. Let's take a look at how treasuries are faring this morning. Yields currently on the rise. Give me the 10-year. Was that 292? Is it uh, changed from there? Well, 297. So uh, that's a nice move uh, in yields for the 10-year, really across the, uh, the curve there. Two, five, tens, and 30s, all higher. We're back right after this. Stop trading with Jim. What are we watching now? I don't like to recommend stocks up for it. it tends to be a sucker's game. But I do want people to realize after the airlines that you just gave that American Express is very cheap. It's, it's had a series of, of uh, incredibly down moves based on nothing. You loved their earnings. I loved And the stock earnings. moved down on good earnings. Hey, you know what? They're executing perfectly. They've got the millennial on Gen X. They're using it. Uh, I think it's the stock's mispriced. I think it's inexpensive. And I, I would buy it. Talk to me about what's on MAD. Okay, You've got a great uh, lineup tonight. Cat Jim Umblebee is doing a remarkable job with cat the Caterpillar. Really, I think he's terrific. Uh, he's got a full-day analyst meeting. And then Strauss did deliver a great number. Uh, you know, Strauss has got a deal that's going to close. It's going to make him much more mobile. The stock is taking off as it should. So I look forward to it. Um, to the hundreds of thousands of people who actually work at Walmart, I apologize how tough I was uh, because it's not their fault. You just want the execution to be better. Nothing the matter with that. Which should make the employees at Walmart happier. All right. Thank you very much. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock. I look forward to that. We're staying on top of this morning's rally. Squawk on the Street will be right back. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 